BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. I'll do a deal with you after that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I come out live and be like, Hey, this is what they're offering. So if they want them so bad, they should probably offer a little more. But. Put the cards on the table. Yep, it's not I a bad idea, honestly. As as this drags out more, I won't lie. I do have a gut feeling that the Jets kind of have a little bit more leverage than the Packers at this point. I'd be excited to have two first round draft pick, or second round draft picks at this point. I really want thirteen, but it's it's only because. Oh God, we're live. I don't know. I'm gonna have this. <laughs> yep, discussion. we are live. Yep. I think um, hey, I like it when we start the show, just having discussion. I think that's a good way to start the show. Yeah. So the only reason I feel that way is because nobody else is really jumping in. Nobody's like bending over backwards, like, oh, okay, now we're, now the Jets are only offering this. Okay, well we're all we'll offer this for Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? So I agree there. I also think the longer they let it play out, the more probability of someone getting hurt in an offseason program and a key mm-hmm. quarterback position opens up, and then they're like saying, hey, we're a contender this year. We need a quarterback for one year, and they throw something at us. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. It's really interesting. That's, that was we can literally hold that out until September. There's yeah, no reason can. for us to make a move. Yeah, I mean, we're already we're already paying the salary, so well, it doesn't If they're not me, offering right? us the 13th or if they're not offering us those both second-round draft picks, there's no reason for me, for, in my opinion, to jump. No, I – if we don't get at least one first rounder, I like at this point with how long it's kind of dragged out, it's kind of lost its uh, its initial feeling for me. I guess I'll yeah. say, but as long if we don't get one first rounder, I will be pissed. All we right, gotta get think one. I sent you, at, I sent you guys the the proposal that I saw somebody make the other day, and I think I'm I think I'm really on board if this happens. That we get both of their seconds, so we get 42 and 43 to go with 45, and then we just swap first round picks with the Jets. Yeah, yeah, I would be fine with that. And then, and if we don't get both those seconds, we better at least have a contingency to where if something happens, it triggers us to get a first rounder from like if he plays in 2024, we better have had like a 2025 like second round pick that goes to first round if he plays or if he wins MVP or they they make their AFC championship game something that can trigger it right in my opinion yeah yep 
agree. All right, Jake, introduce the show. What are we talking about today? Well, welcome back. We're just having discussion, obviously, about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this is Wisco Fanatics Friday night. Uh, today we're talking offensive linemen. Uh, we're going to start with offensive tackles, I believe. Uh, yep. Then we're going to go to offensive guards, and then we're going to finish off doing our centers. Um, this is going to be a good episode. Uh, this is the building blocks to a good football team is in the trenches. Uh, next week we get uh, linebackers and D linemen, I believe, right? For some reason, I wanted to say linebackers and running backs was next week. Linebackers and running backs? Oh, I think that makes Because we tried for the most part to keep it at uh, one offense and one defense yep. for the next couple so, of shows. That'll be next week. This week we got uh, we got the big boys up front, and they are some gigantic, massive human beings that we are going to talk about today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every time uh, I, I look up uh, these offensive linemen and I see 6'8", 350 pounds, I'm like, does does that hurt? Like, like, think, do, do you just hurt every day? <laughs> I think the smallest one I looked at was like six four, maybe six three as a center. Yeah, I think I seen like one six three guy, and I was like, "Holy!" Looking at my like the like down the side of my notes, the smallest tackle that I have in my top ten is six four three thirteen. Think about That's that. Strong <laughs> That's the smallest one. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You're the runt of the family. <laughs> Yeah. He also be, the person he's talking about might also be the number spoiler number one uh, tackle in that draft class. Spoiler alert, not mine. <laughs> oh, not yours. I know who yours is. Then. Nope. Yes, I do. Um, I'll give you a second spoiler alert. He's not number two either. Oh wow! What? What's wrong with this? Guy? Yeah, yeah. You ready to dive into tackles? I'm ready, dude. <laughs> I'm now. I am really ready. Let's go. Let's do this. All right. We'll start with tackles. Um, I will, again, be reading Simon's. He did send them to me, so we still have Simon's uh, rankings here. So we still get to uh, get his thoughts on the guys that we are talking about. So I'm assuming you guys have the same number one. Uh, Simon has Peter Skaronsky, number one. I have Paris Johnson, number one. I knew it. Jake, who do you have number one? I have... Peter Skaronsky. I knew you were going to okay. do Paris Johnson because you've been talking high on him. Yeah, I have right, I, um, I regret the guy that I have number two when we get that far. I regret not picking him for our guys to talk about. But, Bryant, who is your number one? So that's Peter Skaronsky, and this is uh, one of the right. I chose to deep dive into. And what I really like about yep. him is he's, just, he's an exceptional athlete, and he's has really high football intelligence. So the best thing – I think he probably has the best technique in the uh, – tackle class which is why at 6'4 313 which people might look at as undersized as a left tackle why he's still number one for me um he his hand technique which you know if you can get your hands in the right spot on uh, a rusher or anything you're gonna win the majority of the time he thrives in that and that's both in pass and run blocking uh, Next after hands is really the footwork. It makes it. We see David Bakhtiari do it all the time, right? How he kicks out or that weird stance he has. Like his footwork make him a really good tackle. So um, for Scrons, he really fires off the snap. Um, he keeps his pad level low and he's explosive. So he also keeps a wide base and allows him his balance, right? So he can't get pushed off of balance. So he can't just get ran over. He does have the one thing that's a knock on him is his limited length. Um, so. So you have, you know, like Rashawn Gary, for instance, when you watch him rush to the passer, his arms are flying around. He's swatting down. And um, so Skronsky could struggle with that a little bit if, you know, but he, I think he can add some more strength to help deal with that. So if he can make up, you know, add a little bit more strength 
in size on that. That's probably going to help with a little bit of the shorter or the limit limitations he has with his length. So, yeah, but Peter Skronowski is my number one because right. I just love his technique. So. Uh, welcome, Tim. Tim's watching us again like he always does. Um, yeah, I will get – when I get to where I have Skronowski, I'll, I'll explain my concern for why I have him not number one. But Simon's number two is Paris Johnson. Uh, Jake, who's your number two? I also have Paris Johnson number two. I will say, if I if I could do the rankings like this, I'd have a one A one B. Brian, who's your number two? Paris Johnson, same like Jake. He's really good too. Like if the Packers end, say we do get that That's second fair. first round draft pick, I would be ecstatic with either of them too. Mm -hmm. Yep, I think regardless of what, if we end up with thirteen and fifteen, I think we're getting at least one Ohio State player with those two picks. I'm that's, on board. that's how I feel. Maybe. So number two, I have Darnell Wright. He's the guy that I regret not picking. Bryant's got him, and I. I this was before wow, I started really watching tape that we made our picks to talk about, and like I'm, I'm in love with Darnell Wright. Like he's gonna be a stud. Um, so I regret not picking him, but I have him at number two. Simon's number two is Paris Johnson. He uh, elaborated on him. Paris Johnson, six foot six, three hundred and ten pounds, great size and athleticism, able to mirror guys in pass protection and tremendous in run blocking. Great job recognizing stunts and knowing who to block. Very high football IQ. Uh, seems like he lets players come to him rather than beating him to the punch sometimes. Yeah, he only played one year as the left tackle and played right guard the year before, so that potential positional versatility could play well with the Packers and maybe get him on the field a little bit sooner. Um, needs to improve the angles of his blocks. He often allows rushers to beat him on the inside. Simon believes he will be picked in the first round, one of the first two tackles taken. And I think that uh, that plays into Jake's um, 1A, 1B comment. Um, what I have in addition to that is Paris Johnson played 449 pass blocking snaps, gave up 12 pressures and only two sacks. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's very, he's, he's very good. He's so good. Um, Jake, who's your number three? I have uh, Broderick Jones at my number three. Okay, Brian, who's your number three? My number three is also Broderick Jones. Stop copying me, Jake. Okay, Simon also has Broderick Jones. <laughs> I don't. That's where I have. That's where I have Peter Skaronski. Um, his the the thing that I've seen with him that makes me a little more bullish on him is, is his shorter arms and i know it's not you know it's not a uh mental error thing or you know something that is a limit of him it's just physically how how he is um and that there are some writers and people that i've seen break down his tape that make it um that they're concerned that he might have to move to guard in the nfl at some point i have seen um, some of that so that and that and honestly, it could have just been the sources that I took in. Um, the sources that I took in might have just swayed me on that a little bit, and that might have affected why my rankings are this way. Um, but, I mean, if he somehow falls in the draft and the Packers land him, I'm like, I'm not going to be mad about it. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I'd still be happy to land him at 15 if some <laughs> reason he fell that far. And my thought on that um, is I have seen that as well. Sorry. Um 
you're either getting potentially a really good tackle or maybe like an all pro or pro bowl type guard if he has to kick inside because he just yeah. has that technique and he's that good of a player yeah. so Agreed. that's fair um tim said he's the bucks are about to start um i do have my thanks to tyler wisco ball i got my buck yeah shirt on underneath my, my packers sweatshirt so nice rocking with, with the bucks as well um jake who do you have at number four I have my guy, uh, Anton Harrison. Okay. Simon also has Anton Harrison. Brian, who do you have at number four? Anton Harrison. <laughs> okay. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's where I have Matthew Bergeron. Uh, that's one of my guys. So, Jake, talk about Anton Harrison, and then I will talk about Matthew Bergeron. Okay. Well, something I like about him is he has elite hands. And when I talk about hands, uh, you could talk about his punch. You could talk about his placement. Um he he has very good placement and he has very strong hands. So when he gets his hands on you, yeah, you, you, that, that's where you are. That you're done. <laughs> um, he he also finishes blocks. I like that. Um, I think something that's really underrated and people don't talk about enough um, with offensive linemen is is having a mean streak. And this is something that my dad taught me. Um, he told me the Packers offensive lines from the '90s had a bunch of a bunch of guys with mean streaks. They were always angry. They were always looking to rip you, rip you to pieces. And we had uh, we had Paul Brettel on last week, and we talked about AJ Dillon, and he's a guy where the offensive line kind of has to create the hole for him. That that is what Paul said. And getting a guy like Anton Harrison that it is actively looking to rip your face off, and then having a two hundred fifty pound running back behind you, I think that's a scary sight for the NFC North. <laughs> so I think Anton Harrison would be a great fit. Um, and one other thing real quick, he only gave up four sacks over three seasons, um, as a, as a starter. So I think that's pretty solid in my opinion. I like Not it. Bad. Um, do you have anything you wanted to add to that one, Brian? No, no, I like okay. that. I... Um, so my number four is where I have Matthew Bergeron. What I really liked about him is that he has really good extension. Like he keeps guys from getting into his body, which makes him easier to control. So he keeps guys at arm's length. Um, he's really good at getting to second level. He gets a really great push in the run game. He can handle spin moves. That's something that some of these other guys have been susceptible to. Um, so he can handle that. Um, he anchors well against bull rush. So for him to be able to handle not only speed rushes, but just a straight bull rush, he's able to anchor well. Um, and then what I've seen is a lot of times, and this is important, especially for left tackles, and now potentially moving into a much more mobile quarterback, which is something we discussed a little bit last week, is when he's being rushed towards his outside shoulder, so that for him that would be his left shoulder, when he's being rushed that way, he's very good at taking that guy and just moving him and just keeping the pocket clean and keeping him away from the play. That was something that really stood out to me. Obviously, that's a tackle's job is to keep a guy away from the play, but that stood out to me as something that he excelled at. So that's why I have Matthew Bergeron at number four. He seems like a guy who would be good to have in the run game and in the passing game and can handle different types of pass rush or run game. Okay. So that's why I have him at number four. Um, number, number five, Simon has Darnell Wright. Brian, who do you have number five? Darnell Wright. Oh, you guys are just lighting the world on fire with your originality here. <laughs> Jake, who do you have number five? You have Darnell Wright. I'm driving to your house right now. I have Dewan Jones. Okay. 
Number five is where I have Broderick Jones. Uh, that's my other guy. So, Bryant, talk to me first about Darnell Wright, and then I will talk about Broderick Jones. And, yeah, you feel free to jump in anytime, Tyler, because I know you love this guy. Um, but for me, he's the reason I have him a little bit lower is because I think he will end up being a right tackle, but I think he could be probably the right, best right tackle out of this draft class. He's a mammoth. Like He's just – well, he's 6'5", 333, but his size and powers just will overwhelm people. Um, 945 say, RAS score. Yeah, they say he has like athletic limitations, right? No, it's just that he they people have kind of knocked, <laughs> oh, knocked like him. <laughs> yeah, people have knocked him on his like flexibility or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he's so the thing was that he showed better um, footwork and everything in 2022, and then his pass blocking improved yearly, and he gave up zero sacks in pass um, pass blocking uh, reps or whatever. Um, out of 507 snaps, uh, only eight pressures too. Exactly, it's insane. And uh, so he can really drive the defender back. Uh, he when he fires out of stance, I think he will need to develop his technique a little bit. Um, because he does kind of get lazy or sloppy at times. Um, you know what from what I was reading, but like he's just everything that like I seen that people were trying to knock him for was all things that are fixable or will be coached at the next level, like hand technique and remaining, you know, engaged and playing through the entire, um, entire play. So he, this dude played over 2,700 snaps at, in college at left and right tackle. So I think if we, if say we were to take him, I would love him in the early second round. If we were to take him early second round and put him at right tackle, I think he'd be a set and forget and just develop a little bit more, let him learn a little bit under NFL coaches. And I think he could be like a mammoth there. Um, cause he, he absolutely does. Like when you hear 507 snaps, zero sacks in the sec going against mm-hmm. top pass rushers that are about to get drafted ahead of them. Yep. That's, that, that's some pretty good, um, pedigree right there. So, yes, you know, yes. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because he, he went against Will Anderson. He went against Jalen Carter. He's gone against guys that are going to be first round picks this year. So I'm glad okay. you brought that up. Um, and right. first round draft picks ahead of him. That's yeah. what's insane. Right, and he he beat them. Right. Yes, he put Jalen Carter on the ground at least twice because I watched all the offensive snaps from that game. He put Jalen Carter on the ground at least twice by just like having Jalen Carter coming at him and basically just swatting his hands down and then just putting him face first into the ground. Yeah, he lets people kind of come into his body, twice. so that might he, he might yeah. end up getting beat by some speed at times. But like I said, that's all for me. That's all technique and trusting his strength and his playability. And I think that you put him on an NFL team that's going to help him develop that. Um, I absolutely think he could end up being the best right tackle out of this draft class. See, and I noticed that this is what I have written down to go with this is that I noticed he's got like pretty good lateral quickness. And yeah. I think his RIS score just kind of goes to show that as well. I think that's um, uh, with his footwork. He has strong footwork. So, yeah. He's another guy, too, that I've seen that um, identifies different types of rush styles as well. Um, and then, like I just mentioned with Matthew Bergeron being a guy who takes um, bull rushes to the outside, he's um, – Darnell Wright is a guy I've noticed who, on inside rushes, basically just keeps his guy going across the formation and keeps his guy from getting anywhere near the quarterback. So that's – Let him trip over a guard or something. Yeah. So my number five, I have Broderick Jones. One of the reasons that I like him so much is, and I'm, you know, having him at five, like it's, it felt wrong because like he could be 
I mean, you could honestly, my top five, like you could put them in any order and I'd probably still be okay with it. Like outside of putting maybe Paris Johnson anywhere lower than two. But yeah. other than that, like any of the other top five, um, I'd, I'd be fine moving them around because they're all, they all have such great traits. What I think Broderick Jones might be the best at out of all of these tackles is pulling in the run game. I noticed he's he's got the speed as well. Um, I mm-hmm. think that's something that, that Darnell Wright could do really well. But Broderick Jones, um, he's a 944 RAS, so he's right behind Darnell Wright. Um, so he's great pulling. Uh, he makes huge holes in the run game. So we're just going to keep referencing Paul Brettel and, and agreeing with him that A.J. Dillon needs a big hole to run through. Broderick Jones is a guy that can create big holes to run through. So potentially useful there. Um, he is at times susceptible to an inside rush, and that is why I have him a little bit lower. Um, but he does seem to recover well. It's just that initial getting beat, it does happen. Um, it seems like he's almost a little too eager to get to the second level. And that's where I, you know, it kind of makes him a little susceptible to getting beat on the inside rush is what I've noticed. Um, but he does have great speed, so if you if he's a guy that you can maybe line him up at right tackle and you can bring him across in a pulling and have him as a lead blocker for A.J. Dillon, he's got the speed that he could stay out in front of Dillon and just lead him down the field. So I do really like Broderick Jones. Um, number six is where I have Anton Harrison. Uh, number six, Simon has Dewan Jones. That's his other guy. Uh, Jake, who's your number six? I have Cody Mosh. Okay. Bryant, who's your number six? Matthew Bergeron. All right. Bryant, um, Jake, talk about Cody Mouch. Mouch? I don't know if it's Mouch or Mouch or Mouch. I just been saying Mouch. I think it's Mouch. I really do. (laughs) Um, All right. So the the first interesting thing about this guy is you you look at his photo, right? That's the first interesting thing. And he's missing a bunch of teeth right away. So also yeah. I'm looking at this guy with his no it's teeth like in his long hair. Typical offensive lineman from North Dakota State like, University. From North Dakota. Right. That's it right there. If you look I'm, at the other ones aside from Billy Turner, that's what they look like. <laughs> I'm thinking like, all right, this guy ain't afraid to mix it up. So then as I'm reading and collecting more information, I find out this guy came into college as a tight end mm-hmm. at 221 pounds. So you start watching the film and you can see the light feet and the athleticism, you know, and he, I think he could be a monster in the screen game. And we know, we know, we know the Packers like to run a lot of outside runs. He could be a monster leading the way on an outside run, right? Just because of his athleticism and ability to play in open space. Um, so I think that's why I have him a little bit higher than you guys because of the play style that the Packers like to run. A jet sweep. Imagine a jet sweep to the right and he's leading the way. He has the speed to get up to the linebacker, you know, so Christian Watson can turn that corner and now he's one-on-one with a safety. And, you know, at that point you kind of just say night-night, right? Yeah, that's he doesn't Chicago care if Bears. he's losing teeth in that position. <laughs> <laughs> um, no most guard. He's just out here. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's impressive, uh, his feet, his hands, um, his tra- his total body transformation. And I think that he actually has the frame to add a little bit more weight if he really wanted to. Um, he's got he's got good long arms, I think. So um, we'll see what happens with him. But I have him a little higher than you guys because I like his athletic ability on the outside. So to add to your point, um, 877 RAS. Okay. So pretty solid. 
Um, what I saw too, and as Badgers fans, this hurts a little bit, but we know that the reports about him have been fantastic, is he had some several really good reps against Keanu Benton at the senior bowl. So for a guy like Keanu Benton to be, you know, just moving up draft boards, and then for Cody Mouch, Mouch, I I will watch a video to find out how to say it right. But he's for him to be able to put up several good reps on tape uh, of him going against Keanu Benton to me did stand out. Yeah, Benton's not no small fry either. So no. Uh, number six is where Simon has Dewan Jones. That's his other guy. Dwan Jones is this year's Caleb Jones. He is a mammoth human being. He is six foot eight, three hundred and seventy-four pounds. He is the longest wingspan in combine history. Oh, wow. Yep. Thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate that. I have that written down. <laughs> I didn't see that stuff. That's uh, Simon's exact notes: absolute mammoth of a human being. So apparently, Simon and I were thinking the same things. <laughs> Uh, Simon said his size is going to create problems for rushers, has very long and powerful arms, allowed zero sacks, zero hits, and had the lowest pressure rate in the FBS. Dude, did you That's watch awesome. his film? Did you watch his film at all? I, I'd watch some of it, yeah. I didn't watch Dude, every single video of it. But... He is fucking devastating in the run game. I'm actually <laughs> pissed that I didn't take him. I would I would have got rid of Cody. And... He, What I have written in my notes is that he initiates contact in the run game. So he's taking the fight to the defense in the run oh, you, game. You can't wait 374 and not bring the bring the fucking punch, dude. That's all I'm gonna say. So, big. so Simon also has crazy good run blocker and has the power to run through any defender. His foot speed is sort of lacking and it impacts his ability to recover on blocks. Played at right tackle the last two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're six eight, three seventy-four, like I understand your foot speed being a little slower. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, as long as nobody touches my quarterback, I don't care how big or how yeah. well, right. It's because of his size. I think he struggles a little bit with probably speed rushes and stuff like that. But if yeah. that, if you can get him to work on that technique, yeah, he's a mammoth of a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just an absolute monster. Uh, Bryant, who do you have number seven? Number seven, I believe, is where I have Dewan Jones. Yep. So just one, one lower. All right. Jake, who do you have number seven? I have Darnell Wright at number seven. I'm not as high on him as you guys are. All right. Uh, seven is where Brian, or uh, sorry, Simon has Jalen Duncan, and that's where I have Dewan Jones. Um, number eight, that's where Simon has Matthew Bergeron. That's where I have Cody Mouch. Bryant, who do you have number eight? Cody Mouch. Jake, okay. who's your number eight? I have uh, Blake Freeland. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, number nine, that's where. Uh, Simon has Cody Mouch. Number nine, I have Jalen Duncan. Uh, he does have a 946 RAS, so potential value there. Um, Brian, who's your number nine? Jalen Duncan. Jake, who's your number nine? I have Matthew Bergeron way down here. Oh, you're low on my guy there. All right. Uh, number better. 10. <laughs> number 10, that's where Simon and I both have Blake Freeland. Uh, Brian, who is your number 10? Blake, Blake Freeland, math, huge human. He just needs to add some weight, I think. Yeah. He he did have a 982 RIS, so another you know potential value there as well. Uh, Jake, who's your number 10? So I'm just going to tell you guys, my number 10 on all my list is a guy that I think will be drafted in the fourth or fifth round. They have all the tools. They just need to sit on the bench and, and get coached up, which obviously Green Bay is very good at coaching up offensive linemen the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So um, I have Tyler Steen. Uh, he's okay. a guy that I think, you know, he has uh, has all the tools, like I said, just needs to 
you know, be coached up a little bit to reach full potential, I think he could become a very valuable backup. Okay. I like that. I like that approach. Um, you guys ready to move one step inside? Right. Yes, sir. All right. Let's talk guards. Um, Bryant, I'll go to you first. Give me your number one guard. I have a feeling we're all going to have the same number one. Osiris yeah. Torrance. All right. I also have Osiris Torrance. Simon has Osiris Torrance. Jake is nodding, so I'm guessing he also has Osiris Torrance. So, uh, Bryant, yep. tell us a little bit more about him. Yeah, math, just a huge guard. Okay, like we were talking about uh, Darnell Wright being big. Like Osiris Torrance is essentially the same size, 6'5", 330 pounds, right? Just busy, physically intimidating mountain of a man. Uh, guard with a huge power and drive on the block. He does have – he has good uh, – pass protector skills as well and they will continue to develop with uh, nfl coaching so super light on seat for his size um the the thing i really thought was interesting was people thought he wouldn't play that well he played his first uh three years in college was in louisiana excuse me obviously not playing the highest uh competition he moved to florida and everyone thought maybe he would be um as as good oh he just moved to the sec didn't give up a single sack and uh didn't have a single penalty the whole year so there you go for yeah, that. Zero penalties, yeah. <laughs> Bulldozer uh, in the run game, like I said. Um, he's not – so the one thing, a little knock on him that people try to put on – he's not as fluid as an athlete, so he just needs to use his technique to win. But luckily, he has a really good technique. Um, so he'll he you know, he'll be a little susceptible to, like, inside quick rushers. But um, I think he, you know, with continued coaching, shouldn't be much of an issue. And then he played – the thing was he played over – another thing I really liked is um, he played over 3,000 snaps yep. um, in college. If it, This would be not, another person I put that would be an absolute steal in the early second round. The last thing I want to see is us not take him and him go to an NFC North. Um, like Chicago. I'd, I'd be bummed if Minnesota yeah. got him or, yeah. or Chicago. Yeah. So – Detroit's always had a good offensive line. They yeah, just I don't haven't think been be... able to put a guy who's going to take the snap from them. So, <laughs> but... This is where I'm wish- like, because I really like a lot of these, and I'll talk the same with my center. I really like some of these people that might fall into the late first. Or Welcome to the trap. Yeah. You're you're yeah. falling into the trap that Jake and I have been in the last two years is that you yeah. do a bunch of research on guys, then you fall in love and you want them on yeah. the Packers and they get drafted by the yeah. fucking Cowboys. Jake, you remember Semi Fahoko? I'll never forget. <sighs> I'll never forget watching his name go to Dallas and I was like, God damn it. And I like, like really? You couldn't go anywhere else? Like, you couldn't get drafted by Baltimore or at least I could be happy for you. Dude, just go to out. Cleveland. And then it's I can like watch a Cleveland game. It's not like he's killing it, you know what I mean? So I know, yeah. but still. <laughs> well, I mean, we drafted him one like the sixth round yeah. every year. Yeah. Every mock draft that we did, we picked him. Like, oh the yeah, sixth. we always. The one that the one that was I was happy about last year, and it turned out is pretty much every mock draft I do last year. Sorry, we're going off a little topic. Was Zach Tom, and we ended up taking yeah. him. And look at what he's done. Mm-hmm. Like I was drafting Zach Tom nonstop. Yeah, Jake. Yeah, Jake and I drafted funny. Zach Tom a bunch. Um, yeah. And Romeo Dobbs, we drafted a handful of times too. So I was happy to get him. Romeo was definitely overlooked and it showed on the field. I'll say that. Uh, yeah. I, I drafted I had him. I, yeah, I was much higher on him than a lot of people were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, number two, Brian, who do you have? And number two, I have, let me look. Draw a blank. Uh, Andrew Voorhees. Mostly. Okay. Of the name. Um, I will put this out there. I took him off my list because he's going to miss his rookie season with the ACL. Um, I did a similar thing last oh, year with I John Mechie. That happened. Um, yeah, I did the similar thing last year with John Mechie because I knew he was going to miss basically the entire season, and he did. Um, so I did leave him off my list 
um, strictly because I, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't have any interest in drafting him. My God, I, bad. I totally blanked on. I totally blanked on the fact that that's okay. I mean, Jake, Jake has him on his list, and in his guy to cover, that's who Simon has at his number two. Uh, my number two, I have Emil Ekior. So Jake, um, talk to us about Andrew Vore. He's the one he'll bring to the field in 2024. Yeah. So I didn't forget that he tore his ACL, but <laughs> I just wanted to rate the value how I how I saw it if they were completely healthy I guess is how I looked at it um mm-hmm. this guy is just freakishly strong <laughs> there is a rumor out there I read this that the strength and conditioning coach at USC said that he could bench 225 pounds 40 times Jesus like save some reps for the rest of us dude seriously <laughs> wow <laughs> insane um he has pretty good feet I think I think he has Potential to be very good, not great feet. Yeah, you you see those elite offensive guards that could just get out to the second level and they look like they're mm-hmm. literally floating. I mean, Bakhtiari has that uh, at left tackle. Um, I I don't think he has great feet, but I think he has potential really, really good feet. So he could pull, he could move around. Um, he played both guard spots and he played left tackle. So that versatility is something that obviously Green Bay values, and that's mm-hmm. something that I now value in my offensive linemen. So that's why he jumped yep. up a little bit on mine. Um, he gave, he's only given up three sacks over the past two seasons, so I think that's pretty impressive. And he's a pretty big guy too, 6'6", 310. He's pretty lean, but uh, he looks like an athlete. And obviously, uh, like I said, he's super strong. So getting him out in, in those Wisconsin winters will be tough to deal with. All right, Jake, who's your number three? Uh, Emil Equidor. Oh, my God. I butchered that. I'm so bad with these names, dude. I get such anxiety saying these names. Wait until we get to the centers. I know. <laughs> I retexted Tyler. Was that Tuesday? Was that Tuesday? I texted you. I said, bro, I'm not saying this guy's name, dude. I have a nickname that I want to call him, but we'll get there, though. Um, my number three, I have Nick Brocker. Uh, Brian, who's your number three? Nick Brocker. Okay. Um, Simon actually has one of my guys, number three. He has Steve Avila, number three. Uh, number four is where he has Emil oh, Ekior. Wow. Okay. I've seen him. I've seen him put at center. I've, seen, left, I've seen him at center and guard. I've I seen him. Know. I've seen him at both as well. But um, I have him on my center list. I kind of a lot of the stuff when it was kind of on the fringe like that. I went with where NFL.com has him listed. Mm-hmm. So that's they have him at guard. So that's where I put him. So um, Simon also has him at guard uh, at his number three. Uh, His number four is Emil Echior. That's his guy. Jake, who's your number four? Uh, I have Jackson Kirkland at my number four. Oh, all right. A little high on him, but I'm with it. Multiple position players. Not not super high. Not super high from where I have him. But uh, Brian, who's your number four? Emil Echior. Okay. My number four is Steve Avila, so I'm going to give Simon's Emil Echior notes, and then I will do my Steve Avila notes. Uh, Simon for Emil Echior has him at 6'3", 307, played all of his snaps at right guard during his tenure and allowed zero sacks and zero hits during his senior season. They also had him playing some center at the Senior Bowl. Um, above average football IQ and shown he's quick, quick to recognize twists and stunts. Has good grip that allows him to handle his opponents with ease. Does have some balancing issues and needs to get stronger in his lower half. Lacks the ideal size and length along the interior and possesses limited range as a lateral blocker. That's probably part of the reason why they have him taking some center reps. Um, just 
you know, then you have the guys um, working on both sides of you to help you out. Um, for me, I have Steve Avila at number four, and I really like him actually. Um, 6'3", 332, so he's not, you know, he's not blocking Jordan Love from being able to see over the offensive line, um, like some of the other guys we talk about, but, um, he's a very versatile mirror offensive lineman. So you'll hear the term mirror, and that's just basically being able to do identically as the guy rushing you. Um, he's got very good footwork, um, what I've noticed too, and this is important, especially a guard, is that he's always ready for pass off attempts. So if a guy is coming from, say, lined up across the tackle, and the tackle is starting to block him, and then there's an outside linebacker rushing, the tackle is going to pass off the first guy to the guard, and then the tackle is going to go block the outside rusher. So it seems to me like Steve Avila is a guy who's always ready for that next assignment, and that's something that stood out to me watching his tape. Um. Yeah, for Avila, just so you, like going down to my center notes, I just put he's a monster in the inside power run blocker and is an elite pass protector in a phone booth, which obviously mm-hmm. that's where he'd be as a center. So that's, I do have that's that That's exactly play. where I was going with it. He's a guy uh, who brings guys close, and then you're locked. Yeah, you're just you're stuck. You're not going either direction or through. You're just stuck. So at a guard, that is something that would be very useful. So. Um, number five is where I have Jackson Kirkland. So Jake, you weren't super high on him compared to where I have him. Um, he's a little bit lower on Simons, but Simons number five is Nick Brocker. Uh, Bryant, who's your number five? Uh, Braden Daniels. Okay. Uh, Jake, who's your number five? I'm the same as Simon, Nick Brocker. Okay. That's Simon's other guy. Simon has him at six, five, three fifteen. played two seasons, of left tackle, and then moved inside to left guard in 2022. Gave up only six hits and zero sacks last year at Ole Miss. Good athleticism and lateral movement. Able to mirror college defensive ends. Great size and agility with quick hands to latch onto defenders. Great in the run game. A mauler with a great motor and plays through the whistle. Um, Simon says he can struggle to stay engaged at times and can improve his his mechanics as a pass protector. Is susceptible to getting beat inside. Um Damn, Simon has Nick. some fucking good notes, man. <laughs> good <laughs> shit, Simon. Because um, he doesn't have to come here and talk. He just gets to write them. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> here, read this for me. Um, I have Nick Broker at three because he does have the ability to play guard and tackle. So I put that versatility. That's why I put him over my guy, Steve Avila. Um, so that's why I did put him a little <clears throat> bit higher in my notes. Um, Jake, who's your number six? I have Chandler Zavala. Okay. Um, Brian, who's your number six? Richard Goresh. Okay. Uh, number six is where Simon has Jarrett Patterson, and I realized that I skipped over Jackson Kirkland, who's my other guy. Um, so Jackson Kirkland is another massive dude. Six foot seven, 321 pounds. Um, he's a great finisher. He's a high character, intelligent leader. So that's something that stands out to me from him. Um, he gets good extension. He's another mirror guy, and he gets to the second level. What really stands out to me is that through his career, he played 3,221 snaps and gave up five sacks. Yep. 3,221 snaps, 
five sacks. That is, that's insane to me. Uh, it's probably insane to a lot of people, but anyways. Uh, my number six is John Gaines. Um, Jake, who's your number seven? I have my other guy, McLennan Curtis. I also have him at number seven. Um, number seven is where Simon has Chandler Zavala. Bryant, who's your number seven? That's where I have Jackson Kirkland. I was a little lower on him. I think it's just like his size at guard. I was just like, this is awkward. He's so big. Um, but he, he does, you know, has smooth tra- – uh, he's got good path blocking skills. And, um, you know, so I do like Jackson Kirkland. I'm just, a, you know, a little lower on him. All righty. Uh, Jake, talk to me about McClendon Curtis. So <laughs> I'm going to say this. Uh, we brought up Zach Tom before. This is the Zach Tom of this draft, in my opinion. Um, you know, those tweets people say, you are a Milwaukee Bucker. You are a Green Bay Packer. When I look at McLennan Curtis, I say, you are a Green Bay Packer. He looks like a Green Bay Packer offensive lineman to me. Um, over his career, two sacks, ten hurries, six quarterback hits. That's it. That's all of it. That's that's not a lot. That's very fucking good. Um, <laughs> he also finishes. He has a mean streak, and he's a very smooth mover for a big fella, in my opinion. Um, he just... Like I said, man, I just get this feeling every once in a while. This is the feeling that I'm talking about, Bryant, when Tyler was talking to you earlier. I looked at him, and I was like, this guy's a Packer. The Packers are drafting this guy in the fourth fucking round, so just get used to it, okay? <laughs> McLennan Curtis, everybody sign up. I actually had him as my 11th because my one concern with him is the level of competition he played at Chattanooga, right? So Okay, time out, time out. <laughs> Last year, I did this with Christian Watson. Tyler can attest to this. I literally did this with Christian Watson. I had him as my number 11 wide receiver, to be exact, just like you do with McLennan Curtis. I said, I just didn't like that he played against FCS opponents. And look at what happened. I was completely well, wrong. I hope we get him then, and you're 100% right. I just don't want him in the third round. It's got to be fourth round. Yeah, he's, he's a fourth round guy. Five. He is the Zach Tom this year, I'm telling you. I feel it. Okay. I'm with it. I'm with it. I, yeah, I have it in my notes as well that he can play tackle, so I'm totally with it. Uh, what's up, Greg? We're just talking some offensive linemen. We did tackles. Now we're moving on to guards. And then after guards, we're going to go all the way to the middle with centers. So number seven is where I had McLennan Curtis as well. Number eight, I have Jordan McFadden. Uh, Simon, number eight, has Jackson Kirkland. Uh, Jake, who's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is Caleb Chandler. Okay. Um, Brian, who's your number eight? This is where I have Chandler Zavala. Okay. Talk about Chandler Zavala. Chandler Zavala, good size, 6'5", 325. Uh, natural power at the point of attack with good agility and speed to get to the second level. Um, I really like my offensive lineman. I have good knowledge of the game. He has good knowledge of the game. He'll read the play as it develops and so he can create some good combo blocks. Um, another thing is he plays with good leverage. A huge thing on the offensive line, right, is leverage and balance. So that's a good thing for him. Um, and he has good flexibility for his size. And so he'll explode off the – ball in the line of scrimmage in the wrong game. So he does need some work in the pass row with his hand place, uh, placement because it basically he won't get his hands in the right position. So they can easily be swatted away or it causes him to lose some of the power that he does possess. So I think um, for me, in my opinion, he, you know, with that NFL coaching, like I've, I've talked about, um, I think he could be a very good day three prospect, probably like around four or five that, you know, you can bring in and develop for a year and then see what you get out of him. 
or, you know, towards the back end of the year, if you need someone to come off the bench because someone got injured to where he's kind of learned the NFL game, pretty good prospect, I think. So Greg said, nice. Osiris Torrance should be number one. Am I being a spoiler? No, we started at number one and are counting uh, down to number 10. Uh, number one, Osiris Torrance, that was across the board. All four of us at him, number one. Yeah. Uh, it was That was an easy consensus, number one. So you're not being a spoiler at all. You're you're on board with the rest of us. Hey, as long as it doesn't um, end up a Detroit Lion, I'll be just fine. <laughs> or a 49er. You know Greg likes yeah. both teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, two NFL teams? Come on, man. In the same conference? I, yeah, I know somebody that's a Vikings and a 49ers fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg said, are we going with Skaronsky? The caveat being that he played tackle in college, but he'll probably be guard in the NFL. I'm glad you brought that up. That's not the only one. I'm not the only one. I also had Skaronsky a little bit lower because I do think it's possible that he kicks in at guard. I had him as my number three. Everybody else had him at number one. Mm-hmm. Um. So, right now, we are up to number nine on the guards list. I have Nick Saldaveri. Uh, Brian, who is your number nine? So, I have Caleb Chandler. I just, the notes I had on him, since I knew none of us were expounding on him, was that he thrives on physicality, uh, often out grappling bigger, bigger defensive linemen and winning in the phone booths with tenacity and upper body strength. So, I have him listed at number nine. Uh, number nine is where Simon has Braden Daniels. Uh, Jake, who is your number nine? Me and Simon are on the same wavelength with the guards, apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, I can tell you his number 10 won't be the same as yours because his number 10 is McClendon Curtis, who is yours. Uh, TJ Bass. Okay. All right. Brian, who's your number 10? TJ Bass uh, put work in progress with high-end physical traits. Yes, sir. Okay. That's See, my la- my number 10 is guys that need work but can turn out. <laughs> That's what my number 10 is. My number 10 is basically on here because of his RAS score. Uh, I have City Sal at number 10. He's 6'5", 323. Uh, he's a 9.93 <laughs> RIS score. It would be a damn shame if he didn't, huh, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's good fishing in Wisconsin, so. Um, what I have with, with City Sal, he started 55 of 57 career games, and out of his career, this is another nuts guy, too. Um 1,956 pass blocks, only nine sacks. Oh, shit. That's not bad. So, basically basically 2,000 pass blocks and only nine sacks. So, kind of a flyer guy who has elite size and strength um, combinations. So, I put him at my number 10 just to kind of put him on there as like a flyer guy. Um, Are you guys ready to kick? all the way inside and talk centers. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who invited him, bro? Got some, uh, got some shenanigans know. going on in the comments. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. that. <laughs> I don't know him. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Just casually has the same oh. last name as me, but whatever. Yeah. All right. Let's talk centers. Um, <laughs> Bryant, give me your number one center. I think we all have a, a consensus on this one as well. John Michael Schmitz. Oh, okay. So Simon and I also have John Michael Schmitz. Who's your number one center, Jake? Joe Tittman. It is. It is. It's Joe Tittman. <laughs> I mean, are you surprised, Brian? No, Dude, I, mean, I have a number two. Not even a freaking monster. He, I have he's a, number a guy two. That, could, that could kick out the guard. Do you guys want to rock, paper, scissors? Who gets to talk first about their guy? Me. 
Okay. Or Jake just, just dibs is it. Uh, what's up, Taylor? We're just starting with centers. We've covered guards and tackles, and we are doing centers now. So, Jake, talk sorry. to me about Joe Titman. The, 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 the person I was most excited about was Titman. I'm sorry. I have to take this one. Usually I would be like, Brian, you go, man. I'm going to be a nice you're guy. Just, right you're now. just ready for the tip, weren't you? you I'm always ready. <laughs> <laughs> always. All right. Oh, we're just fucking children. <laughs> just children. So, the thing about Titman, the first thing that you notice is he's a three-time all all academic Big Ten. So that the tells first you. Thing I know notice was that mullet he was rocking, but yeah. Now, well, that that that, that <laughs> helps too. Um, <laughs> I already went with the looks aspect, so I had to change it up for Titman. <laughs> um, but he's a three-time all, all academic Big Ten, so that tells me that he's super smart. He understands the ins and outs, X's and O's, whatever the hell you want to call it. He was on Bruce Feldman's freak list. He was number twenty-eight. He squats 300 or 635 pounds. He benches 455 pounds. And he had a 1.65 10-yard split. That would have been the fastest of all offensive linemen at the combine this year. Oh, by the way, he's 6'6", 320 pounds. The big dude. <laughs> he's huge. He squats 635 pounds, dude. And he's coming at you full speed. Like, what are you doing with that? So Taylor, Taylor summed it up pretty well. Yeah. Dear Lord. I agree. Um, this guy, he's a typical Wisconsin guy. He's big. He's strong. He looks like he, you know, grew up on a fucking farm. He's smart. Yeah. I already brought up three-time academic. Yep. Yep. But the thing that – and I might be biased here. You can call me out in the comments. I don't really care. I think Wisconsin started the polling center. I think Wisconsin started the polling center. I am blanking on his name. He went to the Dallas Cowboys. Travis Frederick. Travis Frederick used to be fucking phenomenal at it. He used to do it in college all the time. He brought it to the NFL. Joe Tipman also polls as a center. That is some freakish athleticism at 6'6", 320 yeah. pounds. When you can pull your freaking center. Now imagine you I like it. Imagine you run a play where you pull your center and your guard at the same time, and one of them is 6'6, 320. He benches 455 pounds and he's coming at you at 15 miles per hour. Imagine the Packers are able to land Joe Titman and say Broderick Jones and having those two pulling for you at the same time. Well, Oh, you just like anybody in the <laughs> NFC North, you might as well just never play a three-man front because your defensive backs will be getting destroyed. Bro, it's it's about to go down. All I know is Joe Titman is a fucking freak athlete for his size. And to go along with that, he has as big of a brain. So that's why he's my number one. All right. This is and we don't we don't do these huge. Um but what I've seen Joe Titman described as is like a high IQ Josh Myers with more upside. Huh. Okay. I'm with that. I mean it's a, it's not a you know a bad comparison, but you know. Not at all. Yeah. So Taylor, the one thing you can you can count on is that if you miss us, we're we're always here. Wednesdays and Fridays. That's true. Um we will actually be having shows every Friday leading up to the draft. So um and we are gonna stream during the second round and the third round of the draft this year too. So We'll I see. Maybe someday in the future we'll get we'll get nuts and we'll stream day three as well. But uh, <laughs> right now we're just doing first, second, and third rounds. <laughs> yeah. All right. So.
So Simon has number one, John Michael Schmitz. I have number one, John Michael Schmitz. Bryant has number one, John Michael Schmitz, and that's the guy that he picked for center. Yeah, so he's 6'3", 301 pounds, so he's not nearly as big as Joe Tittman, but this is, for me, the most pro-ready center that it, there is in the draft. Um, he's extremely talented in the run game. He's going to be uh, he's an elite run blocker. He's going to be a uh, elite blocker for a run heavy team. He's good in the pass pro as well. Mm-hmm. Um, good at team blocks and patient. He's well balanced. So his football intelligence uh, and the thing that I really like for him and why I think he'd be so valuable for Green Bay is because he makes all the calls for his team. If Jordan Love, who's coming in as a, a quarterback, you know that um, is going to be. And when he's not a rookie, obviously, but he, this would be first year starting to have a center that can make and make those calls um, would be super valuable. Um, so he puts an offensive line essentially in a position to win. Uh, he will struggle from time to time getting on the second level of blocks, but I'm not like super concerned with that as our center. You want that, but it's not like my main concern. Um, if he can maul the guy right in front of him, then, you know, we'll have one of those guards do the, the job. So he another player that has a little bit of lack, lack of length. So if you're rushing him, he can you can beat him on either side possibly. But overall, he's got really good technique. So I put that he should be a plug and play center that will continue to develop. Uh, I think he'll likely go in the first round towards maybe the mid to late first round, and then um, you know it'd be a steal in the second round. So, so I see that people like um, the Jets. Pittsburgh have been having visits with him and stuff like that too. So, I mean, if the Jets are going to pick him at 13, that'd be awfully early, but that'll be our pick anyway. So we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, The other things that I noticed with him, he's, he's fast. He's got some speed to him. He's a little bit lighter. So that helps. Um, One other thing that I noticed with him in the run game uh, is he does a great job of getting his back to the hole so that it's, you know, it's harder for defenders to get, get to the, to the ball carrier. Mm -hmm. Um, couple comments. Greg said, great draft breakdown, guys. I'm impressed. Hey, that's what we're here for. We we like doing it, and Jake and I, this is our third year doing draft prep. Um, I think it gives us a better knowledge of the league as a whole. I really do. Um, definitely more familiarity with the players and the skill sets that they came into the league with. Um, so I do think that that's a big part of why we continue to do it. And then we can also talk when the guys are drafted by the Packers we kind of know something about them and we can tell Packers fans then, you know, what, what we're getting and why these guys were picked. Um, Chris said, can't seen, wait to watch yeah. Minnesota move up for a Levis or Richardson for him to flop or to reach for hooker at 23 draft should be fun this year. Yeah. Don't, don't draft Levis or Richardson. Cause I actually like them and I don't want to not have to like them. The, the, the I actually Vikings seen... are drafting a corner 100%. Yeah, uh, Chris. My Chris obviously follows Vikings closer. He seems very convinced that they're going to draft quarterback this year. And actually, one of the mockers. I know it doesn't mean much on NFL.com. They have Will Levis falling to Minnesota, um, which I would not love. But <laughs> I don't. I don't think he's making it past I don't, ten. Yeah, so. I want to answer this next. This next statement by Chris. He said, "Off season is seriously super fun time, in my opinion." I just. It depends on who you who you talk to, I guess. Chris, you're a cool guy, so I feel I feel like I'll yeah, that's, be that's with you. But um, <laughs> there's a lot of people. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I hate the off fucking off season. Yeah, I like the ramp up to the season. I think the dead zone between if you don't make the playoffs or you're out from like 
January to March-ish time frame now, but now that we're ramping up for the draft, we hit the draft. We, hit, yeah. I mean, on 17 April, the Packers are having an off-season program. They're not going to do anything but lift weights, but you're moving right into the draft and you're getting all the rookies in and it's full steam ahead, essentially. Yeah. And so, yeah, this this part of the off-season is just fun. For I me. think one of the things that I really start to associate with doing the draft prep, I think, is spring. Like, I really start to feel like that's where it's yeah. starting to starting to get... Except we're supposed to get, to get five to eight inches, Tyler. Oh, yeah? So, that's what you get every night, Jake. Anyway. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you, and, you and your brother are gone forever. I hate you, bro. <laughs> yeah, All right. Well, Ryan's fired, and we're probably canceled, so we got that going for us. Um, <laughs> so enjoy Brian. This will be his last show. Um <laughs> Taylor, I didn't start it. <laughs> oh, whatever. I'm sure you'll finish it. Anyways. Tyler. Yeah. Uh, Bryant, who is your number two? Uh, Joe Titman. I do like him. He's a beast. Okay. I'd be very happy. Jake, speaking of number twos, who's your number two? <laughs> I have John Michael Schmidt. I put him at number two. All right. John Jacobs and Glamour Schmidt. All right. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Greg said this is the meat and potatoes of the offseason free agent period to the draft after that. Yeah, then you just pretty much kind of start getting well, the, the preseason hype trains going a little bit. We had Romeo Dobbs last year was the preseason hype train guy. So um, the offseason's easier when you're a Bucks fan. I'll say that. We got playoffs to look forward to. True. And if the Brewers are going to be good, that would be helpful. Bro, I'm a um, fan, and I was telling my brother last night, I was like, why do I be a fan of any Minnesota team? Because they're 100% going to let me down. So, Dude, they're doing good this year. They're ass. doing good this year. They're gonna get to the playoffs, and they're just gonna, <sighs> they might not down. make it, man. Well, we'll have the discussion. Different. They'll make that. They're making the playoffs. <laughs> the wild. Yeah. Uh, Simon's number two center is Luke Whippler. Um, my number two. I have my guy Ricky Stromberg. I actually really, really like Ricky Stromberg. Um, even even to the point of putting him above the Wisconsin man Joe Titman. Um. So Ricky Stromberg, 6'3", 306. He is another quick pull player. Um, you talk about pulling centers. Ricky Stromberg is a guy that can do that for you. Uh, he gets low. He works well with his hands. Um, he he hunts the next assignment. So like Brian was just saying, you want a guy that can get to the second level. That's something that Ricky Stromberg, he gets a good push, and then he is ready to get to the next guy in the second level or in pass protection. If he doesn't have somebody to block, He's going to the next guy and he's putting somebody on their ass. Like that is Ricky Stromberg. That's what he's up to. Like he's always looking for somebody to block. And I appreciate that from him. Not that he's going to be kind of just out waiting for somebody to come to him. He's going to go find somebody to put on the ground. So I really like Ricky Stromberg um, in the pass and in the run game. Um, number three is where I have Joe Titman. Uh, Simon also has Joe Titman at number three. Jake, who is your number three? I have Luke Weipler. All right, I'll give you I'll give you a tip on that one. It's it's Whipler. Whipler. I put in my notes. Whip my cool whip. Cool whip. It's Whipler. Why are you putting the emphasis on the H? <laughs> <laughs> I say for it will be whiskey. <laughs> Brian, who's your number three? This is where I put Steve uh, Steve Vila because I do like his. Uh... It's just physical traits and talents, and I think if he started to play that center, this would be great. Yeah, 
he's got he's definitely got the tools to do both. So I'm totally on board with that. Um, number four is where Simon has Olu Olu with Timmy. I just want to call him Olu Olu. Olu Olu, I'm with that. Olu Olu, I like it. Rolls off the tongue. It's fun to say. Makes him sound Hawaiian, but still fun. <laughs> Jake, who's your number four? Uh, see, so I'm going to admit I am a little bit biased towards Big Ten, so I pushed the TCU man all the way down to number four, Steve Avila, at my number four. Okay. Brian, who's your number four? That's where I have Ulu with Timmy. Okay. I, that's where I have Luke Whipler. I have him at number four. Uh, Simon had Olu Olu. I'm just going to call him that. I don't give a shit. I'm, <laughs> coining the, I'm coining the nickname now, so... When he's in the NFL in September and people are calling him that, you can say that I started it in March. <laughs> so Simon's got him at 6'3", 307, only gave up five hits and zero sacks, played at center in his three years of college, has impressive range, shows the ability to land blocks on the move, has good balance and pass protection, and strong hands to latch onto the opponent, very quick to react to stunts and twists up front, is prone to playing off balance and struggles against counter moves, it has a bad habit of panicking on certain blocks, which can lead to flags or holding. Um, I think that's a good a good balance by Simon to cover the good and the bad. Um, or I suppose the, the good and the potential improvements to make um, for him going into the NFL. So, number five, that's where Simon has my guy, Ricky Stromberg. Uh, Bryant, who is your number five? So I have Luke Whipler, and I'm not going to lie. It's, it's kind of because I have Ohio State center fatigue. So hmm. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, who's your number five? Uh, I have Jarrett Patterson. Me too. Um, I do like that he's got the ability to play guard and center. Um, yeah, I heard he was a really so good So I wouldn't be guy. mad if you had yeah, him. I had hit, he was one of the ones I had at guard. So. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, and Jake definitely. I like that. I like that as well. Um, Jake, who's your number six? Olu Olu. Hey, me too. All right, Jake and I. Five <laughs> and six. Nicely done. Olu Olu. I have him as number as number six as well. Um, Brian, two is your number six. So I have Ricky Stromberg. Okay. Simon has Juice Scruggs as his number six, and Simon and I have the same number seven. We both have Alex Forsyth. Um, Jake, who is your number seven? I have Warren Erickson. Okay. Brian, who is your number seven? That's where I have Juice Scruggs. For him, I put that basically as a solid all-around, but not elite in anything. So I think he could be a good player. I almost wanted to put him in there just because of his name. I love his name. <laughs> his <laughs> name is so awesome. He's got the Jake, juice. Yeah, Jake, yeah. Jake likes a guy called Juice. I mean, mm-hmm. what was it? What was it last year? Last year you liked Smoke Monday. Dude, lit name. There's a guy. <laughs> yeah. There's a guy that plays corner, I believe, corner or wide receiver. He's a skill position guy for um, Alabama who has a freaking sick name. Hang on. I can find it. Keep, keep, keep right. going. I'm going to find this real quick. Well, that that's pretty much it. I mean, guards, centers, tackles. It's not a, it's not a sexy group of position players to talk about, but it is a truly, truly necessary one to bring up and that's why we that's why we cover it every single year even though the packers are pretty deep at uh at the position we will probably just have offensive line um defaulted to be part of our draft coverage every single season um just because of the importance of having good offensive linemen so 
Next week, Jake had half of it right. I had the other half right. It is linebackers and running backs. So we're going to have 10 linebackers and 15 running backs. Uh, we don't think the Packers are necessarily going to be going after maybe one of the top five running backs. But we do all believe that the Packers will be somewhere in that 6 to 15 range, looking at some of those middle-round guys. If Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon should not be on the team in 2024. So we are going to cover running backs this year. Um, as far as quarterbacks go, we do understand that the Packers are probably going to need a backup quarterback. So we're probably just going to put that out as a graphic, as a list, um, and not add it to any of our shows just because it's not going to be a super high pick, if anything. Like the Packers aren't the Packers aren't taking a first-round quarterback. Um, probably not taking a second-round quarterback. But at some point in this draft, the Packers probably will take a quarterback. So we're probably, like I said, just going to put that out as a graphic. So keep an eye out for that. That'll probably be coming in the next few weeks. Um, Jake, did you find the guy you were looking for? Yes, his name, his first name is Kool-Aid. Nice. Kool-Aid McKinstry. Dude, he is a corner for Bama. He's like the he's a top 10 rated prospect right now. He's like number eight. Dude, his name is Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> Who names these kids, man? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, when I was going through the process of my girlfriend, and she's saying all these hippie names, and I'm like, bro, you got to chill the hell out. She yeah. is going to be an adult. And she Monday. has to sign, like, oh legal documents. Do not fuck her up right now. <laughs> If he doesn't, if Kool Aid doesn't enter the room and yell, "Oh yeah," uh, it's ex- that's one of the t- <laughs> that's that's that is one of two things that I was thinking. The other thing that I was thinking is like, what happens if he grows up and just fucking hates Kool Aid? Yeah, you hate Kool Aid. I feel like there's always like, a flavor. Of like, imagine, yeah. imagine your parents name you chocolate milk. And the one thing that you hate most on the entire planet Earth is chocolate milk, and that's your name. <laughs> You're lactose intolerant. <laughs> I will say, I have, I've like haven't drank a lot of Kool Aid since I became an adult. I should probably start picking some up. <laughs> I don't drink. Kool-Aid. Oh my god! Speaking of Kool Aid, you should go watch. Um, it's the Two Bears One Cave. Um, watch Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer talk about Kool Aid. Oh my fucking god, it is hilarious. Oh god. Oh man, that shit's funny. So I'll that was, that was the other that. thing that I thought of was like, imagine your parents name you PlayStation and then like your favorite thing to do is play Xbox. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're a PC <pissy> yeah. guy. <laughs> oh man. I think, um I do like that fact that we talked about centers, and this is where I think if we do get those like say we end up getting that extra, you know, two round second to both those second rounders from Jets or something. I won't be surprised if we do go after a center because I do like Jake. I, mm-hmm. I like Myers, but like he makes too many mistakes. Like, um, I feel like he, he at this point in his career, he like I don't know if you want to consider it a sophomore slump. Like, do we give him one more year to come out and prove it, or do we say no because we're kind of rebuilding this year, or do we like say no let's replace it? You know, give the competition now. So here's my thoughts with Josh Myers, and yeah, Josh, you sorry, said you said it. like Josh Myers, which I agree with, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like I like Josh Myers, but I don't love Josh Myers. Yeah. So the couple things that I'm thinking with him is one, you draft somebody to give him competition, or two, you spend training camp OTAs giving Zach Tom reps at center. I wouldn't hate that, but I just. 
I think he's at the same time. I think Zach Tom is so valuable. You that attack a lot of guard that it's like, but you got to get Zach Tom has got to be on the field is a problem. You're not replacing Runyon. You're not replacing Bach. So that leaves, here's the you're thing. Not replacing Jenkins. So that leaves right tackle and center. Right. And the only thing I was going to say is if, if a team and the team that I suggested a while back could still be in the market for this is if somebody pays us the second round tender for Yash Nyman that I want to start Zach Tom at right tackle day one. Yeah. All right. I'm going to put my idea out there on live camera right now. After no, Jake, Pack- you're not playing for the Packers. No, I'm not. After the <laughs> Packers get rid of Devontae Adams last year, they're getting rid of Aaron Rodgers this offseason, we think still. I don't know. Who the hell knows what's going on? Next offseason, they will be getting rid of David Bakhtiari, and Zach Tom will be the new left tackle. Bakhtiari has a 40 mil cap hit next year. 40 mil. And he didn't work with him to restructure anything. So, but here historically, he hasn't done that. Yeah. 40 mil for a guy that's going to be what, 33, I believe, 33, 34. That's a little ridiculous, especially if the Packers don't have the season that they think they're going to have with Mm -hmm. Jordan Love. And they want to go, they just want to do a full rebuild at that point, little, you know, three year rebuild, throw in Zach Tom in the picture. I think that's what's going to happen. So I, I'm not totally against Zach Tom because we can obviously draft a new left tackle next year uh, at center, but I would prefer him at left tackle because we've already seen that he can have success on that. Right. And I think, like I said, I I would agree with Bryant. Um, Regardless of where it is, he needs to be on the field. So yeah. I still think the Kansas City Chiefs are maybe that team that is willing to give us a second rounder for Yash Diamond. God, I would love it. I Sorry, I like Yash, but I would love a second round pick in return. Like, just imagine going. Could you imagine going to the draft with four second round picks if we got those when the Jets ours and like someone paid for Yash? Like, that gives you so much flexibility all around the draft. It'd be insane. That would give the Packers five top sixty three picks. You know. They did the somebody did the value of the draft picks, and yep. the value of the two second rounders is actually really, really close to the pick. It's like the number 19, is what yeah, I saw. It's really close. So, so, if you do that with a swap, then yeah, you'd probably be right there. That's that's why I'm saying, like, if they if we get 42, 43, and yep. just swap 13 and 15, like, yeah. I'm, I'm I probably good with like that. cards on the table, you know what I mean? Because I want to see if like they just have to, like, well, we gave you a fourth for far, and acting like this is the same situation. Like yeah, 14 years later. Yeah. <laughs> Have you and seen then, inflation lately, New York? <laughs> um, Greg um, asked, question for the panel, would you give up Rodgers and Bach for the Jets first and their first second? They need a left tackle. For, I would do it for the first and both seconds. I would do yeah, I would do it for the first and both seconds. I think I would do that. You tell he's trying you're telling me one first and one second. You're for getting, Rogers and Bakhtiari. You're getting a generational quarterback with his best friend, Tanner. who also, when he's healthy, is really fucking it's good. Not at left tackle. With a Hall of Fame left tackle. Also, Two Hall of if, Fame players. If he we give them it. Rogers and Bach, yeah. dude, that team is ready for the Super Bowl. I'm Bakhti, not even fucking shooting it. If Bakhtiari plays like as long as Trent Williams is playing, Bakhtiari will be a Hall of Famer. So, oh, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think so too. Agreed. I stand. I yeah. David said first in both seconds as well. I stand by this too. Uh, if he doesn't have the appendicitis that he wins comeback player of the year and is a pro bowler last year. Yeah. I agree with that. Agree. Hey, you're right, David. They cannot afford that. They cannot afford both of them. No. Right. 
They're even talking about bringing an Odell Beckham um, Jr. now. I'm like, where are they getting this money? Or Zeke Elliott wants to play for him. I'm like, are they? The only thing I can think of is if Aaron Rodgers came there. Like, I, okay, heard, I heard. I heard Zeke's probably going to the Bengals. Yeah, which is weird to me because is he going to get that much? Like right, it was actually like right before the show that the that I saw that the Bengals were zeroing in on. Yeah, but Zeke. Joe Mixon is going to take the. Um, as for that's just weird to me. As for Odell, I saw that he's not asking for twenty. No. Um, oh heck no! There's only Chris. Chris yeah. said Zeke is a joke. I've said basically since he was drafted that he was a product of his offensive line. Yep. Look at what he's gone down every year ever since they paid him. I his think Dak Prescott is in the same boat. His yards per carry has gone down every season. His like everything's gone down. His yards per game has gone down every season. Yeah, Zeke is. Uh, well, he went to Ohio State. They went on that massive run. They won the title. He got draft number four. Then he went to another gigantic market with the Cowboys. He scored some touchdowns. He was just – he was a product of the media, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And then I actually don't hate Dak as much as a lot of people. I think Dak – I don't hate Dak, but I don't I think just he's think he's, re- he's mid. Eight quarterback. Yeah, he, I want to be clear. So Zeke is a really good court, our running back and was in this prime. Um, but I do think he gets a lot more credit than what his offensive line gets. I think a lot of running backs do exactly what he did on that same team. Because if you remember right. three, four years ago, that the Cowboys offensive line was insane. It Even was, though, yeah. up to two years ago before they started to get injured. Yeah. So, Well, Greg, I, I understand your point, And that's very important to be good on third and shorts, picking up third downs. It's not called the money down for a reason. But are you going to pay uh, a very good third and short running back, you know, freaking $8 million? It's fucking ridiculous. Also, for the Bengals, do you want Joe Mixon on the field right now on third and short, or do you want Zeke Elliott? Like, I don't. I guess I don't understand that. Sign they're probably game. cutting Mixon. You think they're going to cut him? Yeah, he's dude. He's they got weird. they got to sign Burrow, Chase, and T Higgins within the next two years. Their yeah, cap but, is about to be fucking ass. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, why they, Burrow's why getting their bag. Why wouldn't they have cut him already, bag, dude? Burrow's going to reset the market. Why wouldn't they have cut him already? Is my question. They don't have to. They can wait. He might be a post June first cut, but I don't think he's playing for the Bengals next year. Chris. Pollard did a lot of work the last two years, and Zeke would be getting a touchdown. Yeah. Pollard's been better than Zeke for sure last year, and I think at towards the end of the year prior. Yep, I agree with that as well. Pollard is a freaking monster, dude. Hopefully, he comes back full from his Tory sales. He tore his yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Anything else you guys want to throw out there about offensive linemen? No, I can't. I really hope we grab two early in the draft. No one in the third round. I feel like we should trade it. Like if the Jets want to pick back for um, <laughs> our, us to get their first round pick, tell them they can have our next six third round draft picks. <laughs> I don't care. Take we these do not draft in the third round. Like who's our third round scout? We need to fire them. Fire the third round scout. And don't hire oh. his assistant. <laughs> They're both blind. It's Maurice Drayton. Oh boy! Oh no! <laughs> that was a cheap shot. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm boy. sorry. <laughs> that was that was a low blow. I'm sorry. All right. So we will be back next week with linebackers and running backs, and we will have more coming every week. Uh, we will be sure to post our um, our each individual lists as well as our consensus um, top ten tackles, top ten guards, top seven centers. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in and for the the kind words. We do appreciate it. I think that is 
arguably the most rewarding part of this is is seeing people enjoying the things that we're doing and um, hopefully maybe even learning something, which is uh, not necessarily where we thought we'd go with that. But uh, <laughs> we, we enjoy doing the draft coverage because we do think it gives us a better knowledge of the league and hopefully we can pass that along to those who are watching and commenting along. So, Hey, real quick, one last thing, because uh, I feel like I'd be remi- we'd be remiss not to mention good signings by Goot this week. A um, f- few of those uh, special teams players and uh, bringing Hollins back. So I agree. Don't sleep on those draft. It's been every year. Goot's found a couple players that are just on the garbage heap or whatever you want to call them that absolutely excel on our team. So I love it. For sure. All right. Bill, you have a good night as well. We will see you guys next Wednesday and again next Friday. So tune in again next week. Yes, sir. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.